When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, cuties. It's Chelsea and Donnie here, and we have some exciting news. Donnie, would you like to tell the cuties? I would love to. After 118 days, the strike is over. It ended Thursday at midnight, and I couldn't be happier. I'm never touching another book. <laughs> Oh my god, it feels good to turn off our brains and be our full level of stupid again, so toot toot, (laughs) buckle up. Now we are going to jump right back in where we left off. Mama Mia is next week. Mama Mia, here we go again. Here we go again, indeed. (laughs) But if you had to pick a movie that you want to add to our list, what would you say? Well, I didn't even mean to make it a recurring segment, it just kind of became one, and I feel like we have to do I Know Who Killed Me. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's the Lindsay Lohan twin movie where... She cuts her foot off. <laughs> yeah, you're familiar. Uh-huh. Every week somehow you manage to slip that one in. Well, if you're doing that one, then by God, we get to cover In Time starring Justin Timberlake, oh. where time is money, time is currency, baby. Now, I'm very open to covering that. However, I do feel like you really push to make that happen like mine just (laughs) seamlessly worked in along with 9-11 and the (laughs) titanic sinking just flows off the tip of the tongue we really just popped on to say hi hello the movies are back (laughs) to paraphrase what's her buns in that amc commercial nicole i believe is her name I just want to say thank you, cuties, for your love, support, downloads, encouragement during our Cutie Book Club over the past, what did you say, 118 days? That is how long it was, yes. That's wild. Clearly, Donnie and I, our reading comprehension perhaps would leave some elementary school (laughs) teachers scratching their head. Our chaos has been kind of off the charts lately, and the fact that our podcast continued to grow. It just speaks to the community of chaotic cuties that we've created here. So thank you. Yeah, we couldn't do it without you. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? We're not. (laughs) (laughs) So we really appreciate that you let us try to read. Thank you for (laughs) listening to us sound out the words week after week over the past three months. (laughs) God. So with that being said, we are hopeful to get some big guests back on our show. We're currently in the process of reaching out to all the people that we had lined up before the strike happened, and we're back to covering movies. So if you could take that can-do attitude, that support of our delusions of grandeur, and channel it into just one more favor could you please do one of the following things number one rate our show five stars leave a review if you haven't done so already if you've already done that great thank you we love you you don't need to do it again although certainly sure update that review tell people what your favorite part of the show is and then number two if you could pick a favorite episode or just I don't know pick one at random and share it with a friend who you feel like would 
vibe with us, please do so. Because that I think is the thing that Donnie and I are the most proud of is this podcast really has grown from full just word of mouth. Yeah, we're not for everybody, but when we're for somebody, my oh my, we we sure are. We're the voices (laughs) in people's heads that people don't want to say out loud, so we'll say it for Mm -hmm, you. mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, we're really proud of this little chaotic engine that could. So tell your book club about us, tell your mother-in-law about us if you want to ruin her life just in time (laughs) for the holidays. And thank you again for all of your love and support, your DMs, and certainly if you have any movies that you want us to cover or any guests that you want us to have on, go to our Movies Are Back post and comment there. Because there are a lot of running themes, and I think that there are some movies we just can't say no to because the cuties have spoken. That's very true. And since you're already at that post by now, just go ahead and tag the basement yard and tell those two Italian boys you you want them to be our guests. Yeah, and then again, please do warn them that they will be just sexually harassed live on Zoom. So really let them know what they're getting into. We'll have a great time. I will. So with that, we covered Animorphs. So enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Hello, I am Chelsea and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie and I am the cute one. And we are here today to cover the first book in the Animorph series, The Invasion. This is my first Animorphs book and I loved it. Uh, I'm so glad. I was thinking you were going to love it, but then sometimes I just don't know. <laughs> sometimes I feel like if I love something, you just hate it out of pure pettiness and spite. (laughs) This was the first book that we've read in this little cutie book club series where I immediately wanted to download the next book and keep reading. Well, no, I disagree because Fear Street had me wanting to dabble in Mm. Sarah Fear's grave or whatever the fuck her name was. But this... For sure, I want to continue. Um, just one moment, please. I'm going to go ahead and take a wellness shot. Great. That couldn't have been done five minutes ago? Oh, it's really spicy. It's got cayenne. Oh. I'm on a health journey. Sorry, we're off to a great start. This was not planned. I'm on a health journey where I'm just trying to do small things to treat my body. Maybe not quite like a temple, but less like the bathroom at a public gas station. I understand. Now, will I be chasing that wake up cayenne pepper shot with a Celsius? Yes, I will. <laughs> but, you know, baby steps. Two things. It's like a family tree. I don't know which branch I want to follow. So I'll just give them both to you and mm-hmm. you can do with that with you will. Number one. I am also doing the same thing. We didn't talk about it. It was just, I guess we decided together. Twin that, yeah, now that we have a podcast that we love doing, we don't want one of us to die <laughs> in the process. God, imagine. That would suck. <laughs> but today, that's why I was five minutes late. I was on the Peloton this morning. And that's why I'm red in the face as well. Living and laughing and loving. So patreon.com slash I am the cute one to see me take a shot of juice and see Donnie's <laughs> red little cheeks after a Peloton ride. Also, I didn't know that a Celsius was an energy drink. And I went to the beach this summer and then didn't pack any water because I came all the way from New York. So anything I packed would have been warm by the time I came. Mm -hmm. So at the beach, I was like, oh, there's a 7-Eleven. Let me go. So I went and got a regular bottle of water. But then I wanted something with flavor. So I got a Celsius. And from the walk from the (laughs) 7-Eleven back to my blanket, I had chugged the Celsius. So needless to say, I was a little jittery the rest of that. I feel like my story about microdosing meth because of pre-workouts, I feel like Celsius in a couple years, some studies are going to come out about it because the way these drinks make me feel, Celsius, please sponsor me. I won't 
compare you to meth anymore, but I just love it. it. Makes you feel alive inside, doesn't it? Speaking of feeling alive, one person that's not alive is John Benet Ramsey. Mm, what a segue! At the top of the episode, before we do get into this fine, fine book, I want to just take a moment to number one, give all of the cuties out there a virtual hug, a handshake. Thank you for supporting me, supporting Donnie through this journey of being so vulnerable and brave to share the John Benet Advent calendar story. However, more information has been brought to my attention. There were parts of this journey that seemed to have been conveniently excluded from the narrative last week. And I would like to confront you publicly, Donnie. This is now a true crime podcast and you are beneath the interrogation room light. Can you please tell us about a kidnapping? Yes. Yes, I would love to. And the reason I left it out last week is because this is where my advent calendar lost the plot. This is where. <laughs> Certainly not after the 18th John Bonet paper doll cutout. That couldn't have been No, it. that was the purpose of it. We needed 25 paper doll cutouts. A new one was added every day just as planned. But because I'm such a planner, you ever hear you plan and God laughs? Well, other people like to pretend that they're God and they like to throw kinks in when things are fully planned. Uh So think of animals, degenerates, just like you (laughs) out in this world that want to do nothing else but make me miserable. Mm -hmm. So I didn't work weekends at the Shrimp Company. And one day I came back on a Monday to find that my advent calendar was missing. But in its place was a recreation printed three pages long of the ransom note that was found at the scene of the crime at John Benet Ramsey's house. But then also, (laughs) also little cutouts of OJ Simpson, the parents of John Benet Ramsey and Faye Resnick, of course, was also included (laughs) in this. And then when I was visibly upset, like, where's my advent calendar? Where's my advent calendar? Then a video was sent to me through text message. That was the ransom note being read in a distorted voice. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So, needless to say, they just put it in a box. It was still in my office, just under a desk. But I didn't look there because it shouldn't be my responsibility to look there. Don't touch my things. (laughs) Even though it is a John Bonet Ramsey advent calendar, Uh and that shouldn't have been done, it was done. The general manager laughed at it. Like, everybody was on board. So now that it was a workplace thing, the fact that people were messing with my work stuff, that's where the problem was. If it was at my house, I'd be like, oh, give it back. Ha, ha, ha. But at work, I was pissed. I felt violated. This was like somebody taking your stapler. Exactly like that. Wow. Well, I really didn't think that that story could get any worse, but here we are. Well, wait for part three next week. Oh, God. I'm just kidding. That's the end. (laughs) Where is this going? (sighs) All right. Well, let's jump into what we are here today to cover, which is Animorphs, The Invasion. So this book came out in June of 1996. So here's some important history about June 1996. Number one, most importantly, I turned seven years old. Thank God for that. Mm -hmm. The Rock, (laughs) Mission Impossible, and Twister were the top three movies. And then Crossroads, Always Be My Baby, and Because You Love Me were at the top of the music charts. 
Also in 1996, the Fox News Channel was launched, followed uh. closely by MSNBC. The average price for a gallon of gas was $1.23. And Frasier won an Emmy for Outstanding Comedy Series. So just a terrible year all around. Awful. Besides me turning seven, seven was a pretty good year. Well, I'm glad. That's mm-hmm. good. I was 10. Do you have thoughts on Frasier? I feel like you're a person that has thoughts on Frasier. I do. And much like many other things I have thoughts on, I barely have any experience of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I never tried to watch Frasier, but I fucking hate it. I think it, hate it. I think it is boring. That's all. <laughs> and here, no, here's the twist, uh-huh. actually. That's not all. I've watched some episodes of Cheers, and I wasn't like a Cheers head by any means, but I've watched Cheers. Of all the people on that show, Frasier is the last one that should have a spinoff. Absolutely. I think that Frasier is everything that's wrong with our society. The oh. fact that they are planning on bringing Frasier back in the year 2023. Not planning, it's bad. Haven't we suffered enough as a society? COVID wasn't bad enough, now we have to have fucking Frasier back on our television? The fact it's, that Frasier a- is about a pretentious, elitist, straight white man behind a microphone. Do we want to just give Joe Rogan his own reality show and just call it a day? No, if Frasier's not gay baiting to his fans in the remake, I don't want to watch it. Because the only straight podcasters I like are the ones that gay bait. I have no problem with gay baiting. That's my stance in 2023. Vote for me for president. <laughs> okay, yeah. If there's a storyline where Harry Styles goes on Frasier's radio show and like puts a sequin blazer on him, fine. And they talk about who has a prettier asshole. That would be a great episode. Do you want to take this time to once again publicly ask those straight boys to come on our show? I would love to. If you're in the basement yard, that's the name of their podcast. If you're in the basement yard listening to this and you decide, I really want to show up on a podcast, may I suggest I am the cute one, a nostalgia podcast. We don't really talk nostalgia. We sometimes do, but we more so just talk about ourselves, talk about what's going on. And if you come on the podcast, I'll give you the floor to talk about if you have a pretty asshole. So really, the floor is yours. Wonderful. I love that elevator pitch. So go over to the barnyard animals. What's it called? Basement yard. Go over to the basement yard, rate them five stars, and in the rating say, we want you as a guest on I Am The Cute One. And then maybe also warn them that Donnie is going to sexually harass them live on air. Coincidentally, basements and yards are both places that I would sexually harass the straight boy. <laughs> <laughs> like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So do you have any background info or trivia for us today? Oh, do I? Oh. <laughs> The series was written by Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant, who were a couple, and they wrote together under the pen name K.A. Applegate, which is just Catherine's initials. So, like, if you and I decide to write children's books, it's not going to be your initials and your last name. Okay. Like, don't even think about it. That's not teamwork. Okay. <laughs> so- so, didn't love that. We're off to a I good love start. that you are pre-mad at me. No, I'm mad at Catherine Bigelow. No, Catherine Applegate. (laughs) (laughs) That's who I'm mad at. I'm just taking it out on you. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Cycle of abuse. Consider me the grandma from Encanto. (laughs) So the series was originally pitched as three books called The Changelings, but then Scholastic was like, 
no, this is money on the table, honey. So then the series ran from 1996 to 2001 and consisted of 54 books, including 44 in the main series and then eight companion books that were like loosely connected and two activity books. Sure. Then a TV show ran for two seasons on Nickelodeon in 1998. And in 2020, a movie was announced, but Catherine and Michael, a.k.a. K.A. Applegate, decided they would not be a part of production because of creative differences. Oh. What do you think they were? Probably that she wanted to keep using <laughs> Applegate as her last name and he wanted Bigelow. Probably. I think the studio probably wanted it to be a little older and sexy. And they oh, were like, yeah. no, no. We're Christian women. Well, in the book series, two of the sets end up falling in love. Two of the what? Two of the sets of kids. Oh. So there's five kids and two of them pair off. Oh, wow. Well, I know who one is. And they're related. <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> I wanted so badly to find a Zoom background of an anamorph changing so that I was the human and then I turned into like a donkey behind me. Oh, I love that. Thank Maybe you. we can work on something like that for promo. Oh, I would love me that. changing into you because I'm the human and you're the animal. Yeah, you just have to touch me in the naughty bits for ten seconds <laughs> to get my DNA. Okay. <laughs> I forgot for a moment that that was the plot, and I was like, "Where the fuck oh are God, we I'm going?" Dizzy after like, that. I know every week without a guest, we descend <laughs> further and further into the abyss, the beyond, the underworld, the upside down. But I, for a moment, was quite frightened and I'm like I really hope that those straight boys with the podcast have turned it off by now (laughs) so what character in this book do you identify as Marco I think because I am not a superhero by any means if I was given powers I don't think I would risk my life to save the world and if I did in the beginning I would eventually turn evil that's fair thank you I think that I am Rachel because Mm. she is feminist to a fault Like at one point she's about to walk through a sketchy construction yard in the middle of the night and she's like, I don't need men around me. And it's like, well, like, but safety in numbers, Rachel, get it together. (laughs) We don't need to put that pussy hat on all the time. Sometimes it's okay to be afraid of spiders. And also my cousins want to fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. So the one minute synopsis, the little ditty on the back of the book. Sometimes weird things happen to people. Ask Jake. He may tell you about the night he and his friends saw a strange light in the sky and ended up on a mission to save the human race. That night, Jake, Rachel, Cassie, Tobias, and Marco, which I'm going to call him Toby, by the way. Okay. Tobias is a hard name for me. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Oh, so it's not funny when you pronounce names wrong. But when I say Corcoran, then well, it's Well, I've acknowledged right away. Tobias was out of my mouth and I said, that sounds weird. Whereas you were going to live the rest of your life calling them Corcoran and Will Ferrell. I still do the second one. Mm -hmm. That night, Jake, Rachel, Cassie, Tobias, and Marco were given the power to morph into any animal they choose. And now they must use that power to outsmart an evil that is greater than anything this world has ever seen. Mm. So our journey begins. Let's start by doing an Encanto-style roll call. First up, we have Jake. We don't know his last name because that would be too dangerous. After all, controllers are everywhere. But more on that later. Along with Jake from State Farm, we have Marco, who has a mom who drowned and a dad who is really sad about it. Toby, a bullied orphan. (laughs) Cassie, a kind-hearted animal lover with a pixie cut, and Rachel, who Jake goes out of his way to say is hot, but not that hot because she is his cousin. Like, weird flex. Just a 
an overall strange way to describe somebody you're related to. So gross. He says she's hot and then she says, although she's my cousin, I don't really think of her that way. I think you might. (laughs) I think you might think of her that way. Like we didn't need to say that. Real Lannister vibes. Like doth protest too much. You could just not mention that you think she's hot. Yeah. Or like write it where Marco says that she's hot. Like, oh, your cousin's hot. Stop. That's my cousin. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now. He went out of his way to be like, here's this person's defining characteristic. Dead parent. Here's this person's characteristic. Short hair. Here's this person's characteristic. Hot as shit. Would totally (laughs) fuck her, but I'm related. So weird. There was many ways to do it. And K.A. Applegate or whatever their name is Mm -hmm. chose the only wrong way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to get it across to us that she's pretty. Other things about this friend group. Marco is a tool, and I don't know why he is in the friend group. I think he is a friend from preschool or like a friend that your mom makes you do play dates with when you're mm-hmm. little, and then you can just never get rid of him because he really has nothing in common with any of these people. Yeah. And then after his mom drowns, you can't ditch him then, so you're stuck with him. No, I think that is the perfect time to do it. Like you're already in mourning, just add this, and then you'll get over it all in one. God. I'm just kidding. I would never do that. <laughs> so things escalate quickly. In just one short chapter, these kids go from five normal mall rats cutting through a construction site on their way home to superheroes fighting an intergalactic space battle. So I just want to say, let's remember that this book is basically setting up the next 50 plus books. So bear with me as I give you a whole lot of background information in a very short amount of time. A history lesson. So after seeing a flying saucer, the kids come face to face with a real life alien who speaks to them telepathically he warns them that another alien species called yurks have come to destroy earth and humanity as they know it these slimy slug-like space leeches are called controllers because they slither into your brain and control your mind and while he might be a literal prince this alien is also just a drama queen because when the kids point out that he's looking pretty sick he sends them another mind message that confirms yes I'm dying. This reminded me of a story I wrote that was stolen from me. I'm just kidding. Only R.L. Stein does that. This this really reminded me of when I started serving at Shrimp Company. Mm -hmm. So I went to help this table from Brazil, and the language barrier was a tough one to crack. And throughout the meal, I was trying to communicate with her, but she didn't really understand. Like, she said to me... The shrimp is alive, (laughs) which scared me because I thought it was like Beetlejuice. But really, she meant it was like shrimp cocktail. It hadn't been cooked. The shrimp is alive. The shrimps are alive. (laughs) More it was like this. The shrimp is alive. And I was like, excuse me? (laughs) Then she decided after all that, that alive shrimp scared her. She didn't want to order any other shrimp from the menu because she might have the same issue. So she just decided to have a kid's pizza off the pizza menu. Just a plain five-inch cheese pizza. Mm -hmm. Served it to her. She ate about three quarters and then said, Excuse me, is there garlic in this? And I said, Smell my fingers, bitch. (laughs) I took my fingers out of my nose and said, What do you think? (laughs) I said, Yeah, I believe it's in, like, the dough. And she said, Well... I am allergic, and now I am dying. (laughs) 
so first I had a live shrimp. Then I had a dead Brazilian woman. I didn't know where to go from there. But I would like to say my serving career above continued four more years. So I wasn't fired for it. Did she die? No, she didn't die. She just, I think, like, her throat closed. We had to get her water or something. I don't know what you get people no with EpiPen allergies. No EpiPen or anything? She didn't need one. I think she was just a drama queen. Mm. Yeah, served her right when I then pulled her hair later. <laughs> What? To pay a bubblegum company, you pay the server. But there's the little market downstairs with like t-shirts and whatever. And there is a cash register down there. So a lot of times people see that when they come in and think like, oh, this is where you Go and pay, pay the bill at the end. Yeah. So again, this is my first day as a server. All I knew was if a customer walks out on the check, you get in trouble. It's like a write-up. And if you get three, then you're fired. I was like, I cannot be fired. That is an insane policy, by the way. Talk about victim blaming, but okay. I agree. But they're saying, like, you're not doing good at your job because if you were around and seeing if they needed anything, they wouldn't have time to run away. The restaurant equivalent of if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. Well, that's also in the restaurant business. So Hmm. that's the restaurant equivalent of that as well. But I went back to my table, and this was not a good experience throughout. The shrimp is alive, and now I am dying. (laughs) If someone was going to skip the bell, it would probably be her. So I went back to the table. She was gone. I panicked. I didn't know what to do. So then I was like, I'm going to run out into Times Square and see if I can find her. So I ran to the steps, started running down, and she was walking down. Because, remember, she thought you had to pay downstairs. Mm -hmm. But to me, I thought it was someone about to skip the bill, and I had caught them. But at this point, I was so hyped up. I was so nervous. I was so upset. I was so angry that I couldn't speak. So she was in front of me, and I just, (laughs) boop, pulled her ponytail. Then... (laughs) As soon as I did it, like life came back into me. Pulled a customer's ponytail. So she turned around slowly and confused. Well, because she had just literally almost died, also. (laughs) She was having a final destination moment. She had just survived (laughs) the garlic pizza and she was like, oh my God, I'm about to be thrown down these steps. Almost. But she turned around after her final destination moment and I just said, you pay me. (laughs) And then that made me giggle, which then made her giggle. And then I explained everything. But, yeah, that could have been the day I started serving and was fired. All of your stories with Baba Gumption, <laughs> everything points to you should be fired. But yet you prevailed. I sure did. So on his deathbed, the Andalite prince gives the children technology from his home planet. He gives them the power to morph into any animal. Animal. But like any magic gift, there are rules. They can only remain in their animal form for two Earth hours or they will be trapped forever, unable to return to their human form. That's scary. I did not know that about this book. Yeah. But I knew everything else about this planet because, like you said, there is a lot in this first two chapters. Uh And I know that it's because the only one that knows about it dies at the end of the chapter. Spoiler alert. But instead of and now I am dying, we could have just said he's hurt. Hide him in a cave. This way we get him through at least half the book. He can explain it to us slowly. But cramming all of this history lesson about an alien planet into one chapter is a lot. It's like cramming for a test. If I were one of these kids, the moment I woke up the next morning I'd be like, wait, so what are we supposed to do? How do we morph? Who yeah. is that person? You really dumped it down because you're working with us. The cuties, I think, could handle it. Yeah. But you knew that we were the ones giving the information. But there are like four different alien species that he talks about. Right. When the enemy aliens arrive, our prince really puts the extra <laughs> in extraterrestrial because despite being 
close to death, this bitch somehow summons the energy to telepathically give the children a rundown of all of the various alien species the Yurks have managed to control. There are some creepy lobster-looking ones, a few T-Rex-adjacent space beings, and then the big bad, Visser Three. He's the only Yurk in an Andalite body, so he can morph, too. So anywho, Visser Three morphs into a horrifying creature and then eats the prince. R.I.P. Is this a Christian book? I don't know. Jake thinks about helping the prince, and Cassie says, he doesn't want you to die for him. Don't you realize? He's dying for us. Mm. And I gasp. Like Jesus. Yeah. And there were a lot of, I can't think of any of them now, but I think like Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe is a Christian book. Yeah, an allegory. There were a lot where they tried to sneak it in. I feel like there's too much science, though. True. You know, and space travel. And not a flat earth. Yeah. The jury's still out, I guess. (laughs) So the murder is brutal. So brutal, in fact, that Marco immediately starts barfing. The aliens hear him and everybody runs. Luckily, this is an abandoned construction site of old homes. So Jake finds his way through the darkness, through a random doorway, potentially uses an unhoused person as bait, and everybody (laughs) makes it home Let me correct you. Not about the unhoused person. That did Did happen, happen the way you said it. He doesn't find a random door. He feels around in the dark and then finds the doorway. And can I tell you, the same thing happened to me. So I want you to close your eyes and picture it. The Uh year was 2010. A guided meditation with Donnie. (laughs) Add music and a sound bath Uh in the back. I had just seen Black Swan in the movie theater with my best friend. And then since my best friend was in New York for the night, her college friend who lived here wanted to meet us at a gay club after. And I was like, oh, wonderful. I have just moved to the city. I don't really know the gay clubs. There's only one I frequent often. Take me to another one. So she did. And that gay club was called The Cock. Now, The Cock (laughs) doesn't have the name of the establishment in the front. It just has, you know, like a neon light that everybody has now. Kyle Richards has one. Mm -hmm. I know you're familiar. It was just that of a red rooster. The the bouncer checks your card there, gets your cover fee, whatever, and then sends you down a dark hallway. But before he does, he says, make sure any valuables are tight on your body so that people don't get it when they're dancing with you. Okay, that makes me nervous going into this place. Do you think he said that to everybody or just to you? Maybe I looked naive and like I just moved to the big city, but I felt like he said it to everybody. Uh But I got to the end of the hallway and it was just the end of a hallway. Nothing was there. So I felt around. This is where I felt like Jake. This is why I'm telling this. Uh I felt around the end of this hallway that didn't go anywhere and then found a hole in the wall. And I said... Is this a glory hall? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. So I put my fingers in it. Uh (laughs) A normal, reasonable response to feel around like you're Charlie and his grandfather in that bubble room and then just stick two fingers in that hole. Should I have done it? No. But it was the correct thing to do because it was a door without a doorknob. So then I opened it and went into the club. Now, I could end the story there because that's the only way it relates to the book. Uh But this club had some of the most unfortunate looking people I've ever (laughs) seen. (laughs) 
it was it was tough but it was so dark that you couldn't really tell and like the bartender was getting blown by people and again everyone was unfortunate looking if i was at boxers the place that i post about every other day on my instagram where they have shirtless straight men as your bartenders yes count me in 100 percent. but this place i was like something is off i'm very uncomfortable then there was a back room where you could do more than blow the bartender it was just a lot. it was like you walked into the grand high witches convention and you're looking around and you're like i don't think these are just normal human ladies <laughs> they're about to remove their wigs exactly that and i was just bruno i just wanted chocolate <laughs> And instead, I found a lot of witches. But then somebody leaned on the light switch by accident, which, first of all, the fact that this bar truly just has a light switch as their light, Uh more clues that I should get out of here. You know that some manager made that choice after a shift and was like, we got to start turning (laughs) off some lights if we want business to stick around. Truly, because someone leaned on it by accident and the lights came on and you could see like cockroaches. People see who they were dancing (laughs) with, blowing, grinding with whatever, and they all backed away. The clock struck 12 and (laughs) the carriage turned back into a pumpkin. (laughs) Uh, and that was my last time I went there. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed that guided meditation. <laughs> Namaste. Okay. <laughs> Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call Call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it.
Denial isn't just a river in Egypt, and by the next day, Saturday, Jake starts to wonder if the alien war and the magical powers and the dead homeless man was all just one bad nightmare. Listen, I'm talking a lot this episode, and I do apologize. Well, it is a podcast, so I'm glad Yeah, but what I'm about to say is not important by any means. And I'd say this segue into this story is comparable to when I wanted to talk about the font in the opening credits of Legally Blonde, uh-huh. <laughs> which go listen to our 28th episode with Monty Marcus of Mixing with Monty if you want to hear that thrilling wow. deep dive into fonts. But <laughs> reading in this book the next day Saturday made me laugh out loud because when I was in middle school, we did a play called Hula Hoops and Halos. Uh-huh. It's a place in the 50s. It was about this girl whose mother died. So now her father owned the family residence restaurant but he also wanted to be a toy inventor so that all came into play everyone's life was in shambles and then an angel came and she was a teen angel because she died in a car accident like when she was 16 whatever. did you write this play or was no it... it was a real play jesus christ okay i played johnny be good the bad boy in town <laughs> i hate this so much <laughs> There were like literally 25 characters. So if you didn't get a character, it's saying something. If there was not a place for you out of 25 people, Mm -hmm. God bless you. I understand the halo because of the teenage angel. Where did the hula hoops come in? Tell me what the father wanted to do again. Oh, right. Be a toy inventor. But hula hoops have been invented. (laughs) But not this one. Because the whole time the father's trying to think of a good toy and they all like explode or go wrong, whatever, whatever. So then Mm -hmm. at the end, he just puts a little pebble in an empty hula hoop and when they spin it makes a sound and they sell out honey I got really into hula hooping in college. Did you know that? I did When I was going to my knockoff Burning Man situations, mayhem. Uh-huh. If you're not familiar with the time that I took mushrooms and hallucinated Steve Buscemi, go back to our She's All That episode for that little tale. Look at this. Cross Perfect. promotion. Yeah. But yeah, I got really into hula hooping and then my friend got really into fire hula hooping. Oh. And then that's when I had to bow Oh, out. wow. I didn't know that was a skill of yours, but now imagine doing it with one with a pebble in it yeah that would be so cool but the whole reason i told this story not to just tell you the plot of hula hoops and halos wouldn't be the first time (laughs) my friend stacy got cast as basically what you would read in a playbill so before every scene she would just come out and say later that day or the next day saturday Now, Stacy, if you're listening, you don't know that this is something I've made fun of you for since middle school. The time is now that I tell you I randomly quote that every Saturday, perhaps the next day, (laughs) Saturday. Saturday. It is so funny to me. (laughs) So luckily, Toby, who is quite frankly, the only one with any fucking sense, is at least curious about his new powers. And ta-da! He shows off that he can transform into dude, his cat. No, you said that he <laughs> is the only one with sense, but I would go out on a limb that says Toby makes me nervous. He's a loose end that should probably be killed sooner than later because here's why. <laughs> He was a loser his whole life. Let's remember he was found by this group as he was getting slushied or swirlied, whatever that's called. Loser, this is just a fact. Losers who get superpowers always become villains because they have lost time to make up for. I am witnessing that (laughs) being proven true literally right now in this moment. I would for sure be a villain. You're being a villain right now. You're planning on killing one of the Animorphs. Chapter four. That's another thing with superheroes. I would be killing anyone that I think is danger. Like, 
the brother, spoiler alert, as soon as I even thought about it, he's at home now. Just take him, put your knife and right in the gut. You don't need, you don't need to sneak attack his little pool. But that's only going to kill the body. That's not going to kill the slug. But then when the slug comes out of his ear, Stop pour him. salt on it. Yeah. Listen, there are still some things for me to work out in this plan. I'm just giving you honesty. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And I hope that we never come face to face with a magical alien in a construction yard because I will be sleeping with one eye open. <laughs> Let me tell you. So soon, Jake follows suit, transforming into his dog, Homer. It turns out that growing fur is very itchy. And while his bones don't technically hurt during the morphing process, he could tell it should, sort of like when the dentist numbs your mouth with Novocaine before ripping out a tooth, which Novocaine does not work on me. So what do they do? Well, because I'm a woman or because I'm just a terrible patient, a lot of times my doctors just don't believe me or like think that I'm being a little shit. It's a fun little game we play. So famously, my canine teeth were not going to fall out by themselves. So when I was 16, I had to have them pulled and so when he went to give me novocaine he began pulling the tooth and I was like Uh. I can feel that so then he kept putting more and more and more and more and I could still feel it so he ripped one out and I was like all right I'm fucking done so then I went back to the waiting room with just one missing tooth and I was like I'm done he said he'll do the other one later and my mom was like no you need to get both teeth pulled that we came here to get pulled so then I had to sit back in that chair and I was like just Don't even shoot me up with the Novocaine. It's not going to work. Just yank it. And he did. Oh, my God. If I had only known about the biting on the towel trick you shared with us the other day (laughs) from your pooping experience. That would have helped, wouldn't it? Did you ever see Awake with Hayden Christensen and Jessica Alba? No. We'll add it to the list when we're allowed to cover movies again. They're a couple, and he has to get a heart transplant, and then his anesthesia doesn't work when he's under. That one might hit a little too close to home. I don't know. But then it's a thriller, too. Like, that's just some part of it. Then there's... I can't tell you anything Ooh, okay. Else. A twist? <laughs> a twist. Oh, I love a twist. All right, I'm back in. So in order to transform, the Animorphs need to touch an animal. Or as Donnie referred to it, <laughs> touch the naughty bits. Luckily, Cassie lives on Joe Exotic's animal rescue farm. Crazy. Crazy. So the gang has access to lots of animals, including horses, hawks, wolves, wildcats, deer, and lizards. Also, luckily, Cassie has figured out that if you wear Fabletic-style athleisure wear, you don't end up butt-ass naked after a morph. Kate Hudson, eat your heart out. Which, honestly, thank God. And I don't understand why it has to be a staple of transformation and time travel to be naked. Time travel? Have you ever seen The Time Traveler's Wife? Oh, no. You haven't? Uh Uh-uh. Ugh. It is so creepy and so wrong for so many reasons. But this man is just skipping through time, meeting up with his future wife at various age points. We did not need a grown man approaching a young child he would one day marry, coming from the bushes, just hanging brain. You know, that could have been left out of the plot. Yeah, that's a lot. Transformation, I understand, because your body is changing, your clothes are not. But time travel, your clothes can go with you. Yeah. No reason. No. The theme of this episode is loose segues. I just really had to get that off my chest. I get it. I don't ever have a chance to bitch about the time traveler's wife the way I really want to. Maybe we can add that to the list. Oh, yeah. I'll have a field day. That (laughs) fucking movie. Now, the show. Did you know there was a TV show, too? Of course there was. No, I didn't know that. The show. I didn't watch it. I don't even know who's in it. But I did see this clip on Twitter. When he was 16, he blew himself. (laughs) What? (laughs) Wait. And the dad walks Wait. in. So he didn't pull a Marilyn Manson. He 
physically got down on his knees and blew Yeah, it was two people in the room, but they were the same person. I just don't understand why they couldn't 69. (laughs) (laughs) And his dad walked in on him? Uh Uh-huh. That's a conversation. (laughs) So much like the time traveler's dad, these kids are really going through it. As they navigate their newfound powers, they also find themselves in a good old-fashioned cover-up. Because despite knowing that there were UFOs and killer aliens on the loose, the local police force say it was just teenagers playing with fireworks, nothing to worry about. But I would like to read a passage that I feel has really stood the test of time. A segment that ages like Paul Rudd's face, if you will. Why would they lie, I wondered out loud. But the answer was pretty obvious. Marco laughed his sardonic laugh. Let's see, Captain Brilliant. Would it be because cops are controllers? Probably not all cops, Tobias pointed out, hanging up his Blue Lives Matter flag. <laughs> I added that last part, but wow. Yeah, I was not surprised about this. Also wasn't surprised that the principal was included. The assistant principal. Mm, even, even worse. More so. yeah. <laughs> and I like that the gang is like, oh my God, if the cops can be taken over, so can everybody else. It's like, well, I don't think that it was that big of a leap, skip and a jump to just full slug control. Yeah, they were like, do you wish you could kill people? Now you can. So once in animal form, the Animorphs have to work hard to fight their animal urges and heightened senses. While Cassie thrives at being a real-life horse girl, Toby feels total freedom flying high in the form of a hawk and also increasingly like a prisoner in his boring boy body. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jake, as the dog, finds himself barking mindlessly, feeling compelled to dig holes, tracking other neutered male dogs in the area by their urine, and noticing that his brother Tom smells weird. How are your senses? (laughs) What a question. (laughs) Well, my sense of vision is terrible, Mm. famously. Legally blind, actually. But I think that I make up for it. Like, because I can't see, I have excellent hearing. Well, that's good. I think... Um, maybe this old dog is just shutting down, but my eyes aren't great. I really have a problem smelling. I cannot smell except bad stuff. And I don't think I'm hearing great either anymore. So what's left taste? I can taste anything, of course. You're good at feeling. Mm-hmm, the naughty bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dr. Bald, I have a real bone to pick with him. Ooh. So after we got COVID, he lost his sense of smell Ah. and there are ways I've looked them up there are TikTok videos there are ways of getting your smell back for those at home who are still suffering from COVID related nose blindness you can put your nose in freshly ground coffee beans you can also there's some trick with like an orange and burning an orange basically it's like you have to trigger your nose by smelling something really 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 strong and kind of like sitting in the discomfort of that really strong smell and then eventually it will start to come back so there are ways of getting your smell back. This man is actively choosing to not get his sense of smell back because our daughters, they're growing, they are potty trained. Sometimes there are things like accidents at night or sometimes our dog who is an old gal may drop a little nugget on the floor. Our house will sometimes stink and he would rather just live in a state of ignorance is bliss and not smell it at all. I went to the Poconos and I returned to what I can only describe as a scent of a farm. I walked in oh. and I said, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and this man was just chilling on the couch, not a care in the world, not a scent in his nose. And I was like, this has gone too far because I have to smell this shit. Literally. Literally. So then did you shove his face in coffee grounds? 
I've been doing things um, secretly. How? I will report back. There isn't any evidence that it's working, but Dr. Bald is a very, very heavy sleeper, and I am a night owl. He goes to bed really early. <laughs> if I could keep my like peak hours, I would go to bed at 4 a.m. and sleep till 11. That would be like my sleep cycle if I didn't have kids. So I wait for him to go to sleep, and then when I'm coming into bed around 1 or 2, I take Vicks Vapor Rub, and I just do a little dabble under the nostrils. <laughs> Fingers crossed, hoping... That works. Now, is that anything you read about on TikTok? So they said that or like Icy Hot mm. or anything that gives you that like opening okay. the nasal pathways. And does that heal you forever or just a little bit? Apparently forever. Like once you get your sense of smell back, it will start gradually coming back. Oh. And again, this is not backed by any science. This is TikTok scrolling. So if it doesn't work for you at home, people, sorry. Because my smelling issue is sinus related, oh. not COVID related. But I'm going to try this. You should. Who knows? Report back. I will. So back to Jake's brother, Tom. Let's collect some Olsen and Olsen style clues, shall we? Oh. So it's now been confirmed via dog senses that he smells weird. Also, he quit the basketball team and doesn't care about sports anymore, which by all accounts was his entire personality previously. Plus, he has started going to this super cool multi-generation hometown hangout called The Sharing, a place where they play nighttime volleyball and just shoot the <laughs> shit. To quote that nun from Madeline, something is not right. <laughs> and this is confirmed when Jake and the gang head to the sharing. And as Tom explains the various stages of ascending the corporate ladder into associate <laughs> to full-blown cult member, a flicker of fear passes over his fembot face and Jake realizes his brother is a controller. How would you be able to tell if I was a, what's the word, comptroller? Isn't that... <laughs> What's the comptroller? Isn't that the treasurer for the mayor? It's like somebody who like audits taxpayers and such. But yeah, <laughs> these are called controllers because they control the mind. Controller. Oh, an easy word. Will Ferrell. Tobias, are we going to go there? Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Also, I didn't want to correct you at the beginning of the episode. I do believe it's pronounced yerks because there are two E's. So it's more of a yerks. yerks? Yeah. I think that's the sound they make when they slither into your Probably. brain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How would you be able to tell if I was Well, a I would be able to tell if you were a comptroller because you would be looking very closely into my 1099s. But a controller, well, okay, so Tom, like, stopped playing basketball, right. stopped doing sports. I don't know. I don't think that you hanging out at the sharing would be a red flag because I do think that you would be prone to cults and perhaps ascending to the very top as a cult leader, in <laughs> mm -hmm. fact. I think that it would be, like, if you stopped saying that you want to fuck cartoon characters, I would be concerned. Yeah. If you started, like, speaking really highly of Leah Michelle, mm. and maybe if you started watching documentaries. <laughs> Fair enough. For me, I think that if you listened to me, that would prove it. <laughs> also, if I read our Google Docs, <laughs> no. if I answered emails. No, I meant, like, when I say don't get a haircut, and you do anyway. That kind oh. of stuff. I thought you meant just listening while you're speaking. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that would track Also, too. if you liked musicals. That would give it away. And if you had anything nice to say about men, would also be a big red flag. Oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> I hate them. Mm -hmm. We know. Well, 
cuties, keep your eyes peeled. So if you see any of the signs, see something, say something. <laughs> We're comptrollers. So it turns out that the police force and the local IRS department aren't the only comptrollers <laughs> in this town. And when Jake goes undercover, first as a dog and then as a lizard, he finds out that a controller version of Mr. Chapman, like you said, Donnie, the AP of his school, is using a secret passageway in the janitor's closet to convert innocent humans into alien slug robots. So the Animorphs decide it's time to up the ante and turn their local zoo into a petting farm experience. But let's not forget, these kids are not subtle. So they are immediately caught and chased off the premises by zoo security guards, but not before soaking up the DNA from koalas, gorillas, and tigers. Oh my. (laughs) I see what you did there. Mm -hmm. Right. They can turn into lizards at this point. So why wouldn't you just go do that, get into each cage, touch a naughty bit, and then keep it moving? Right. When they were running away from the security guards, it made me want to ask you, did you ever run well it made me want to ask you this let me reword it because i already know the answer how many times have you ran away from the cops i mean (laughs) how many stars are in the sky how many snowflakes fall when it's winter time i truly i don't i don't have a number for you i've lost count over the years i will say i think it's been about a decade well that's good my two friends who are married (laughs) their meet cute was at a party that got broken up they went into the garage hid in a minivan together from the cops were in there for like six hours together never got caught didn't get an alcohol citation fell in love and the rest is history that's beautiful they should write a teen movie the closest i ever came to running away from the cops is my 20th birthday (laughs) when that girl called the cops for blowing her fiance You may remember that story. So the back door opened of my apartment and everybody ran out. But because I was the host, I felt bad. I was like, I can't run out with people. So I need to stay here and take what's coming to me. This is my fault. They're here for me and the cops are here for me because I blew that girl's fiance. And let's not forget, I think an important piece, much like the John Bonet Ramsey (laughs) ransom note story from the beginning of this episode, a key detail is missing. You blew her fiance in revenge because you didn't like her fundraising <laughs> idea is the full story. And again, you can go back to She's the Man for that tale. Well, it wasn't revenge. It's just the fundraising idea is when I realized she was no friend of mine. <laughs> I would never do it to Dr. Bald because you are one of my closest but friends. But if I pitch a bad idea to raise funds for our live show. And I'm like, oh, Chelsea is no friend. Dr. Bald, whip it out. <laughs> oh, there's hair there. Just kidding. <laughs> Anyway, what was I telling the cops? The cops, the cops. You said you were going to take it. Take what? The cops. Oh. (laughs) You were going to take Dr. Ball's hairy cock. Like that bar. Circles become circles. Put my fingers in holes. Okay. We really need a guest. (laughs) I don't think we do. I think we thrive. But anyway, we'll let the cuties vote. The cuties, leave a five-star review and tell us, have we gone too far? Do we need a guest? Or even when we go back to covering movies, do you want us to keep this dynamic tell us have you also joined our insanity have we brainwashed you are you part of the sharing have we yurked ourselves into your brains okay i'm sorry go ahead no it's okay so i stayed so then i don't know the cops just didn't feel like doing their job shock but they said all right anyone that's 21 get out of here and then we'll just yell at the people that are not and we'll give out citations and stuff to anyone that stays so of course i said oh yeah of course i'm 21 (laughs) goodbye see you around and then i left and that is the closest i've ever had to come from running away from the cops 
You just strolled on out of there. <laughs> yeah, I was still a Christian at this point, so God was looking down on me. But you didn't drink at the party. Yes, I did. It was my 20th birthday. Oh, I thought you didn't drink until you were 21. I didn't go to parties, but I had them. You were a cool mom. Like, as long as it was in your own house, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Things are not going to plan. Number one, after their zoo getaway, it turns out Cassie is missing. And then number two, Tobias hates being a human. <laughs> he really likes being a hawk. He identifies as a hawk. He is really going off the deep end here. See? That's when you'd have to get that butcher knife. <laughs> Clip those wings. So when the Animorphs go on a rescue mission to the janitor's closet to save Cassie, Toby remains a bird and the rest of them pretend to be new controllers. And it turns out that beneath that closet, a full city awaits. So the Animorphs are soon discovered and it's time for their first <laughs> battle. Rachel turns into an elephant, Jake a tiger, Cassie a horse, Marco a gorilla, and Toby is... Still a fucking hawk. Two hours is coming quick. Tick tock, tick tock, bitch. <laughs> so they fight controllers, aliens, and Visser 3, who takes the form of some weird alien version of a spider who shoots fireballs out of his mouth. And while the kids are ultimately only successful at rescuing one single human from her slug slavery, they did make it out of their first battle alive. And now for some not so good news Toby, the two hours have passed. <laughs> he is stuck in hawk form. He doesn't really seem to give a shit about it, to be honest. No, he doesn't. And so our book ends with the Animorphs gazing up into the night sky. One day, the Andalite aliens will come to Earth and rescue the human race. But until then, they fight. Beautiful. Does Toby stay a bird the whole time? Toby ends up getting the power to morph back, but his starting body is now a hawk and he's one of the ones that ends up in a romantic relationship talk about a conundrum oh no rachel love yourself (laughs) final thoughts if we were to cast this book as a movie who would you cast can i go first because i do think you might like my cast this week sure go ahead okay so I have Halle Bailey as Cassie. Uh-huh. I have Florence Pugh as Rachel. I have Austin Butler as Jake. And then Theo James from White Lotus as Tom. Uh-huh. Timothy Chalamet as Toby. And then Jarell Jerome as Marco. Love this. Uh-huh. And then I recently watched the new Agatha Christie adaptation that was taking place at the Halloween party. Mm. And I just love Tina Fey. So I mm. want to make her the assistant principal. And then I want my nemesis, Michael Rappaport, to be one of the cops. Oh, smart. Because that man only plays a cop. <laughs> I wonder why. Anywho, what's yours? That's really good, first of Thank all. You. Was that Agatha Christie movie good? I liked it, yeah. But okay. I like all of the remakes of Well, it. yeah, me too. I love the first two, but this one just seemed cheap in comparison. So I didn't watch it. Was it was a little but... cheesy because it's Halloween-y, but uh, okay. I liked it. Okay, so this is my cast. I said it in the 90s, so put yourself there. Jake is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay. Tom is the guy that played Clark Kent in Smallville, Tom Welling. Rachel is Sarah Michelle Gellar. Marco is Freddie Prince Jr. Cassie is Gabrielle Union. Toby is... Toby Maguire, and as the voice of Visser 3, this is really my proudest moment, the guy who does the voice of Jafar in Aladdin. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I can hear it. Let's see how snake-like I can be, that part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> love that. 
Thank you. Well, final, final thoughts. What aged well about this book and what aged like borders? Okay, plot wise, it's all fine, whatever. I think people can still read it now, get into it, all of that. In terms of what aged like borders, when they are are running away from the guards at the zoo, there is a slur for little people for no reason. Literally no reason. They said, what did you do? Morph into a... Slur entered Uh here. Yeah. Yeah. That was a rough one. Again, I think that one thing that ages well is the way that the cops are depicted in the town. In no Mm -hmm. way, shape, or form are these cops going to be protecting, serving, helping, doing anything besides leading to destruction, chaos, and bad vibes (laughs) all around. I don't know if we've just recently been covering books and certainly last week's episode that took place in the 60s where there were no. World Trade Centers, but there were typewriters and lunch for 68 cents. I think in this book, there was just less references Mm. that age poorly. True. All right. Well, on that note, we will talk to you later. Love Love you like like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash one. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you like, like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.